Hello, roomies. Welcome to another week with Lindsay. Right here. Yes. And myself, Maria. And this week we are, well, it, it's roomies review the movies because Lindsay uh, went to college. And I've spent like 20 years reviewing films, so we're going back and seeing which films we didn't we didn't catch, which films fall through the cracks for this, you know. And so for this week, it's my pick for Lindsay to watch something she missed and I saw. Um, and this week is Fight Club. Starring Brad Pitt and Edward Norton, two very famous actors. Yeah. My time. Yeah, and Brad Pitt's a Missourian, so shout out to him. That's right, that's right. Brad Pitt did go to Mizzou, which is my dad's alma mater. Yeah, so he likes to bring that up too. <laughs> right. But Fight Club is a very famous film directed by David Fincher, based on a story by Chuck Pal- Palinick. I believe that's how you say his name. Don't hold me to it. Um, the movie also has Helena Bonham Carter and Meatloaf, who's known for his singing, I would do anything for love, I won't do that. And then you also have Jared Leto, who at the time he had already been in acting, and then he was in, um, he was like headlining 30 Seconds to Mars. Um, and then of course he went on to do a bunch of other roles and then started cult and all the other stuff, so. Uh, yeah. Wait. <laughs> he started on Jared Leto had a cult? Yeah, Jared Leto has a cult. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you have you noticed recently the way he's been looking like Jesus? I haven't been noticing him, period. So yeah. Yeah. Well that's the only time yeah. the last time I paid attention to him was um, he's been in some engaging some court activities. Yeah. Eyes wide shut. I I haven't seen eyes wide shut. Is that what you said? Oh, I thought that's what you were saying. I'm sorry. Mm-mm. No, um, I said the last time I paid attention to him was um suicide squad oh yeah and you could even like look at this because like watching this again i was like oh you could it could be like a prequel for a joker almost yeah a little bit a little bit and he's but he's got that um kind of um was it billy idol look with the bleach platinum blonde hair mind mm-hmm. you of billy idol mind you of spike from buffy mm-hmm. you know who billy idol was supposed to have gotten it from but <laughs> But yeah, this movie came out in 1999. So how old were we in 1999? Let's see. Turning 16? Oh. Yeah, turning 16. Yeah. And they made it for like $65 million And they got like 101 at the uh, box office, the American box office anyway. Okay. You look kind of surprised about that $61 million part. <laughs> $65 million. No, I heard a beat. Oh, sorry. That was my phone. (laughs) I was like, hold on. (laughs) I put it on do not disturb. Yeah. So no worries. Okay. So So people are not coming for me. Huh? No, no, no. (laughs) But, but no, I see, I see where the 65, especially considering it was um, 1999. I do mm-hmm. see where the sixty-five million was um, spent. Yeah, and it was definitely spent on the actors, and not much else. I would probably say, right? Because a lot of it is dark, and it's supposed to look like very gritty and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can do that rather cheaply 
So Yeah. Yeah, but I feel like a lot of it was probably spent on that ending. Oh the ending too, yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's uh one of the most iconic endings in film history. Um, because you have, you know, the the, the two couple the couple with the the exploding buildings and uh the song Where is my mind playing in the background. Um, but had you heard this film before? Do you recall this movie? Yeah, I um I do remember um the promotion. It was it was heavy promoted. So I do remember the movie. It just was it just wasn't nothing that I was like, "Oh, I want to see." You know. Yeah, um, I don't think I got had that feeling either cuz I actually didn't see it until I was at Georgia State. So like 2001, 2002. Mm-hmm. Um we watched it I think in my statistics class <laughs> sociological sociological statistics class we watched this uh-huh. um which I, at first i was like i can't remember why we did that like <laughs> um but looking back at it i can see why you would study this movie because it brings up a lot of uh concepts right because of course we talk about capitalism there's this whole thing about individualism um, there's a lot of, uh, you know, trying to find yourself and uh, operating within a patriarchal society and all this kind of stuff, um, which is good to right, talk right. about what we could into. Uh, but yeah, I remember, I remember like every single guy I knew loving it, <laughs> but I just really? had not, yeah, I like all the guys I know who had seen it, they loved it. I was just like, okay, because there was nothing about it that interested me, right? Yeah. It's like, sure, okay. This was not for us. (laughs) Right. Um, But yeah, they were really excited when we watched it in class. But I remember like things like, um, I want you to hit me as hard as you can, like being kind of like in the pop culture zeitgeist and people putting that in other things, you know, to make jokes and memes and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so uh, we start the movie with the narrator played by Edward Norton. Uh, this character has no name, just the narrator. Yeah. And he's, you know, unfulfilled by his job and he doesn't seem to have any friends or family. He defines himself by the things that he owns, which mostly come out of the Ikea catalog. Um, and he's trying to be this version of a person he thinks that he should be, uh, but he finds it completely unfulfilling, right? And he has insomnia, can't sleep because he has no inside, basically. He has no interior person. And um, so he starts going to, he's talking to his doctor about it. And his doctor is like, pretty much mocks him. Like, he's like, well, if you want to see real pain, you need to go to a support group. I'm like, a patient is coming to you talking about pain, like talking about insomnia. He's clearly got like at least anxiety happening, my guy. You're doing nothing. Like, right, right. This whole yeah, thing was like, that was... no, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, I thought that was kind of weird that he just wasn't gonna do anything. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, when I had this, I had prescribed, I don't understand why he couldn't get no med. You know, even if it wasn't like, because he was looking for just been... right. Because the movie is basically like, wow, men will do anything but go to therapy. And it's like, his doctor wouldn't even let him go to therapy. Right? Because after this, he does go to that um, support group. 
and he starts like connecting and like crying or whatever, even though he also makes a lot of this is also like a narcissism, right? Because he also makes like those meetings about him as often as he can to get that group hug so he can get that release, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so he does that and he sleeps better at night. I was like, so you needed therapy this whole time. Basically, basically. Yeah. Um, I did say that in one of my tweets. Um, <clears throat> I was like, a lot of people need some couch time. Yeah. Because this is crazy. Yeah. But it was just like, he just he wasn't necessarily liking his life and he just needed some way to release. Mm -hmm. And the support groups was a way for him to release. Which, like you said, was extremely narcissistic. Yeah. Because so. he, he likes to go and make it all about him and his release or whatever. These people are actually going through these things. And you're pretending. Right. 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 They were yeah. tourists. Quote exactly. They, right. Well, no, no. Like, uh, Marla, you know, played by Helena Bonham Carter. She's a tourist, right? Because she's doing the same thing yeah. that he is. Yeah, he calls by definition. You're a tourist too, sir. <laughs> right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like by definition, they both were tourists, and you mm -hmm. want to get mad because she's doing the same thing you're doing. That's crazy. Yeah, he's upset. She's doing the same thing he's doing, and because she's there, and he knows that she's faking, he can't get all you know, the emotional release that he believes he's entitled to by being the only yeah. faker there. Right? Right, right, right. I deserve this. This is about me. Right. And you coming in and making it about also you. No. <laughs> Even though I don't have any of these afflictions or diseases or illnesses. <clears throat> right. Basically the picture of health. Right. <laughs> Except for his mind, right? Right. Now his mind is something totally different. But yeah, yeah. Because we see, you know, he he his apartment gets blown up, right? Only his apartment, nobody else's. And yeah, he moves into this dilapidated, condemned house. Like I don't think he's actually like living there. He's <laughs> just like he didn't buy the place. He's not renting it. You know what I mean? He's squatting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because, uh, oh, God, that place is so nasty. It was disgusting. It I was completely can't. and utterly disgusting. Like, ill. Just ill. Just ill. Especially because we're post-COVID. I think it's making it 10 times worse on how disgusting it was in that place. It but, was already disgusting when it was just him, and then all those other dudes start living there too. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and everybody's just in there, and they're okay. Like nobody's tried to clean. Nobody's been like, hey, can we figure out how to get clean water? Like nothing. We're just put paint on the place, like you know, something. Like, something. Fix the window. Can we fix the window? Like it was. The, I didn't even yeah. see how that place was functionable. It was so damn disgusting. It's like, it and not then functioning. That, I mean, I think that's pretty much the point. It was not functioning. It was in disrepair, just like his mind and his life. Yeah. 
But I'm surprised we didn't see no rat or no roach or nothing like that. Like they were there. They were absolutely there. <laughs> 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 I can imagine trying to sleep in that place and then hearing something. They were there. Right. I just knew that like especially when he got on that mattress for the first time. I just knew a rat was about to like run. Where did you even get that mattress? Yeah. Like ew. Who, who died on that mattress last? Cause mm. whoever died on that mattress last died like 15 years ago. That mattress was <laughs> gross. Yeah. So yeah. I just could yeah. that was one of my tweets. Like I just can't get over how dirty it was in there. Yes. Can you imagine like walking barefoot or even in your socks? Like mm, I would have my shoes on all the time. <laughs> no, I'm not going in there. I'm not going in there. You tell me where that place was. I got there. Nope. 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 You can't even bring nothing out to me. Like no. no. Mm-mm. <laughs> well, you know, it's supposed to be like. The opposite of this consumerism that's like been consuming him and his life is like, right. you know, because he meets Tyler on the plane and they have the same suitcase. And Tyler talks about how he, you know, makes soap from fat from liposuction surgery places, which is so gross. So gross. <laughs> and it's not even the. Like- when that bag busted, I was like, Ugh. and he was still trying to catch it or something. I was like, why don't you move? Like it's over. Right. That was over. You can't recoup that one. Like, right. right. But he's like trying to catch it in his hands. It's so gross. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder if somebody ever tried to do that in real life. I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> because I mean, not. I mean, there's one thing about you know they're they're getting the fat of humans. Okay, that's one thing. But then also, you don't know what anybody else has. True. Like it's biohazard for a reason, not just because it's fat from the human body. It's like you know, right? <laughs> there are other yeah. things going on there. Yeah. Yeah, and because it's waste, I'm sure they're not like separating contaminated from a no. person. They're not filtering that stuff out, right? Right. So there there are also way easier ways to get the fat you need to make soap. Uh, Sometimes you don't. You might not even need that much fat. I don't. You know, comparing on how you're making soap because it's vegan soap, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But there, Tyler is doing this to get back at these women because apparently only women have liposuction. Um, Yeah, who are having these surgeries, right? A lot of the things they talk about, um, as far as like the narrator and Tyler are concerned, like have to do with capitalism and class consciousness and stuff like that. But it never gets outside of their own identity of being straight white men. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, cause it's like their, it, I'm sorry. It's like their view on life. Yeah. They, it's like they can't think of a life. Anybody else's life, they can't imagine anybody else's life because right? mm-hmm. there are other people going through the same thing, but they're not creating fight clubs and they're not doing terrorism. So, <laughs> right, yeah. a lot of Tyler's, um, right, Tyler, because that's the only name really have Tyler and narrators. Thing is that they're also mm-hmm. very isolated, which is a thing that capitalism does, right? 
So like all these cap critiques about capitalism are correct and like consumerism there, it's very much true and correct, but it's the way he responds to it. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, there are other people who respond to this, who have these same issues, who've run into these same exact problems. But what they did was they created community support, which he said, he started off almost correctly, except he's going to all these support groups that have nothing to do with it. You know. Right, 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 right. Yeah, had, um, his doctor had actually stood there and listened, and like, hey, why don't you join a support group for this instead of something you don't have, or actually see a therapist, or actually do group therapy? Yeah, but I don't think I don't think that the narrator realized that that's what he was doing. That. All of that was just a metaphor for what the real issue was. I don't think he well, realized. Well, he knew it was helping, right? Because he's like, oh, I can finally sleep, right? Right. But, right. but I'm, he, I'm talking more he, about the doctor than him because I don't particularly expect a patient to know, you know, what the next step mm-hmm. should be or would be. So I'm really thinking more about the doctor kind of set him off on this completely wrong path. Yeah. Yeah. So... It's the doctor's fault. <laughs> All of this is the doctor's fault. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, a lot of, you know, he has his own actions for sure, but like, why would you just not, why would you tell him to do that? Like, completely ignore what he said to you. But uh, there's, that's also another theme in the movie is like people not listening to hear what you're saying, but listening for the next chance mm-hmm. to speak, which is why he liked going to these groups because he felt like he was finally being listened to. Right, right. And, and you know, um, doctors do kind of listen to what you're saying, but not necessarily from a medical standpoint. Sometimes they hear you and they're just, they'll just blow you off like, oh, it's not that big of a deal, blah, blah, blah. So maybe with him talking about him having insomnia, he's just, he blew him off on that. Because especially because of the fact that he sent him to go see what real issues are, you know. So maybe that was where his mind frame was. Like, oh, that's not that big of a deal. Uh, just chill out, go to sleep. But if you, I mean, like, yeah. if you really want to see somebody that really got so issues, go to sleep. I'm sure he's tried. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, so I think that I think that's probably what the mind frame was of the doctor. They probably like, I have to deal with real patients that have real issues. Going to sleep ain't no real issue. You see you see what I'm saying? Like yeah. I'm making sense. He's a bad doctor. I understand what you're saying, but he's a bad doctor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, so. so blows up Tyler blows up his apartment, he supposes, right? And he's got mm-hmm. Tyler's business card, so he goes to a payphone. Payphone children are no. <laughs> um, <laughs> goes to a payphone, calls Tyler. Tyler doesn't pick up, but caller Tyler yeah. calls the payphone back, right? And uh, mm-hmm. that's how he gets over into that super nasty house, which is on Paper Street, which is a term that map makers would use for a street that doesn't actually exist. So they would like make their map and then to make sure nobody was like copywriting them or to know who somebody was like 
copying their map without their permission, they would put in a fake street, a paper street, a street that only existed on paper. So when they saw that map somewhere else, they could tell someone had copied their work. Mm. Okay. Because well, I never I never heard of that before. So mm-hmm. I guess that is a pretty smart idea. Yeah. Yeah. So but if you, that, so if you, if you really live on paper road, street. Yeah, but that could send you down the wrong road. If you're really thinking that's a road. Right. So he lives on Paper Street where things don't exist. There are lots of clues to, because, like, of course, the big twist is that Tyler and the narrator are the same person. And, uh, you know, watching it the first time and then going back and watching it again, definitely a different experience because there, I didn't know, I definitely didn't remember. It's been a long time since I saw the movie, but I absolutely mm-hmm. didn't remember the like flashes of Tyler before we actually meet him. So there, there's that, you know, there's the scene after we meet him where, these, where he talks about all these jobs Tyler has. And one of them is where he's like uh, inserting bits of porn to children's movies, right? So you get like a half a second of whatever. Um, but before we even meet Tyler, we, he starts seeing him. And it's like a split second like that. Yeah, I didn't notice that. I watched the, um, those videos where they talked about it. I the first time I saw it, I was also like doing something else on my television, like trying to turn up the volume or put in captions or something. Mm-hmm. So I just thought it was, you know, a mess up in the feed or whatever, you know, or I maybe pressed two buttons too quickly together, or whatever. Who knows? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I started seeing it again. I was like, wait a minute. And mm-hmm. uh, when I started like compiling the list of like the videos I had sent to you. And one of those mm-hmm. was on there. I was like, okay, so I was like, <laughs> that was a thing yeah. that was actually happening. Um, yeah. Which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. You can tell it was really, it was really thought out. It was really yeah. thought out. Um, yeah. But I, like I said, I didn't notice it watching the film. Mm-hmm. So. But, um, you know, Tyler has all these jobs. Like, that's one of his jobs. And the other one is like, he works at a, as like a cater waiter, right, for special events or whatever. And he's always doing these really rude, disgusting things, right? Like inserting the porn to children's movies, like, God, come on. Really? Like, and then also, uh, like, contaminating the food with his bodily fluids, which is not harmless, my guy. Like, (laughs) you know. Yeah, um, it's extremely gross and very illegal. Um, yeah, but mm-hmm. during this whole time, he starts like uh, recruiting men into Fight Club, you know, basically, because uh, he's he he <laughs> he's like Tyler is like dating Marla, I guess. Um, but if she's still showing. I guess. I guess. Right? I guess. They're sleeping, yeah. sleeping together. <laughs> Um, maybe they have a sexual relationship, basically. Um, yeah, and uh, but the narrator really doesn't like Marla because she keeps showing up to all of his things, right? All his support groups, and then he just eventually stops going once he creates his fight club with Tyler, right? Mm-hmm. 
and uh, they just keep recruiting dudes, you know, and, you know, they're fighting to, to feel alive, basically. They want to feel alive. And yeah. uh, it's just like, okay. They enjoy having this kind of secret kind of thing. It's kind of almost illicit kind of thing, right? They like that aspect. And mm-hmm. they, you know, the first rules are don't talk about it. But of course they're talking about it because Mormons show up all the time. There start to be chapters in different cities, all that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And they're all making these soaps. And also what you can make instead of soap is uh, explosives. So <laughs> they also all making explosives yeah yeah and then at at the narrator's job he starts caring less and less he starts you know he has bruises on his face he doesn't care about his clothes start having like blood stains on him he still wears them anyway um his boss for some reason hasn't fired him at that point which is kind of amazing yeah because he was looking very disheveled yeah yeah, his boss was even like, go home, get cleaned up, and come back Monday. Like, take some time off. <laughs> like, right. Which is not right. something you get from almost any boss. Right. They don't care right. about you like that. <laughs> At all. At all. So, yeah, that was, um, I was taken aback by that part, too. Um, yeah. Yeah, because... Like you said, you don't get that from bosses, at least especially not nowadays. <laughs> They're tired. Like, what are you doing? You know, because it wasn't his first time. But maybe so they were taking that. exception to him because of the fact that he um, his place exploded. Maybe, yeah. He's yeah. going through a hard time. His entire right thing is exploded, and it's being investigated. And the investigator checks in like throughout the movie mm-hmm. uh, about what's going on with it, and. And it gets to the point where they're like, they're basically like, we think you did this. <laughs> yeah. um, the evidence shows that there were explosives, and da, 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 you know, it seems like this was done by you or somebody who knows, you know, something like that. Um, but at this point, the narrator is not aware that he is also Tyler. Yeah. Um, so he's like, why don't you just go ahead and say it was me? You know, why would I do that? That condo was my life. Like, hmm, really, my guy? Yeah. I mean, losing all your possessions would absolutely suck. Um, not having a place to sleep at night, even worse. But I still wouldn't say my apartment is my life. Um. Well, considering what his life was. The That's what I'm saying, though. It's like the idea that your apartment would be your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, my guy. Like, because people were like, well, why doesn't he get a hobby? And, you know, uh, well, you have to spend money on a hobby. Sometimes and sometimes you don't. Right. Also, you have that job where you have a doctor. <laughs> it's the yeah. doctor's fault. <laughs> right, right. You know. This all goes back to the doctor. Right. I, I, you know, there's like, there are always like other things you, he could have done. Like, he could have read a book about it, about communism, <laughs> about capitalism and everything to justify, it would help justify those emotions that he was feeling, like the isolation he's feeling. Because um, he's, he's clearly very aware of how capitalism can operate and isolate. Um, mm-hmm. 
he just needs some kind of actual productive, as in like uh, produces um, positive interactions um, with other people. You know, so yeah. instead, but he took you know he interacted with other people. He created a community, got involved in the community, but it was all very negative interaction. And like, right. instead of uh, turning positive, he leaned into the negative. And I don't know if you have yeah. you seen everything everywhere all at once. No, it's really good. But also, they talk. They deal with this subject of nihilism, right? The idea of nothing matters, right? And there are two ways to take, well, there are at least two ways to take that. So the idea of nothing matters, like, so just fuck everything. No, even nothing matters, right? It doesn't matter. And there's also nothing matters. So let me just do whatever I want. Like, let me be as silly and as goofy as I want. If nothing matters, then I can just do this thing on a whim, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I can take a hobby. It's fine, right? Yeah. So you have that kind of positive nihilism that kind of negative nihilism so he like does the whole oh yeah let me be selfish and then also nihilistic negatively and like mm-hmm. here we go yeah so they start and like misogyny of it all too yeah there's a lot of misogyny in the movie also yeah. fat phobia because you got meatloaf's character and like the very first thing they introduce him is having being a man who has bitch tits which just means he has breasts. Many men have breasts. <laughs> yeah. Many men do. Many men yeah. do. Um, they were good know. enough for him to bury his face in and cry out, you know, and go to sleep or whatever. Yeah. But. Right, right. And then what make it even worse is that he has this testicular cancer. So yeah. he had his He's on hormone therapy. Right. He had his balls removed. He's on hormone therapy. So now he got big tits. So he has no nuts and tits. So that made it even worse. So, yeah. yeah. But that doesn't really matter because it's about how the narrator feels about things. Okay. Right. And he needed those <laughs> to cry. So, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, and there, there's also like, you would, uh, there's also this, it's, it's very like, it's very sexist, very misogynistic. Like you have the whole thing of, um, you know, we're a generation of men raised by women. Maybe the last thing we need is another man. Why are you romanticizing your father who didn't stick around? Yeah. Well, your mother did everything for you. Right. Why right. is this her fault? Right. Right. When yeah. she did the best she could, you know. So. This this father know. that didn't that didn't stick around to raise you, doesn't check in on you, whatever. He's the one you need. He's the one you need. Mm-hmm. How's that gonna work out? He already right. left. <laughs> right. It's not going to get no better because that person is there that left. But it's, it's your mom's person. fault. But it's your mom's fault. Yeah. Somehow she screwed you up. You know, it was her fault mm-hmm. for sticking around and taking the responsibility and taking care of you and all that stuff. I don't. Right. You know? Right. So. I've seen people kind of read that as like homoerotic, and I was like, "That's not what. That's not what that is." <laughs> like, no, I don't think that Hollywood either. Yeah. Um. But yeah, they keep they keep doing this Fight Club, you know, all around the country. 
different areas, like different um, people in different kinds of employment, like they start getting assignments like, okay, go out and start a fight with somebody. I'm just like, okay. Now, this is my, this is my thing. Yeah, it seems like a good way to get killed. <laughs> right. But this was my thing with it because I was just like, you know, if you're not supposed to talk about it, how is it spreading? And because it's, it's supposed to be about the feeling of inclusivity. Right. But if you're not supposed to talk about it, how can you tell somebody about it? Because it's that whole, I know, I know something you don't, but I think you would love to be in on it, you know? So I, I, can't kinda, tell you. I can't tell you what it is. You just have to, you just have to show up to this meeting. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm in a secret club. Do you want to be in a secret club? Yeah. And then yeah. a whole bunch of sheep are created. Yeah. Yeah. And, um. Yeah, I was like, uh, yeah, most people don't, they're not really trying to fight no anybody for, you know, just like a stranger for no reason. Right, like it's not like an underground boxing tournament that you get like a belt and bragging rights or nothing like right. that. It's just- And an invitation to. Yeah, it's just like them exuding um, like energy. Yeah. That's what I think it is. Like they have all this yeah. built up frustration. I was like, y'all couldn't play a sport? Like, okay. You know, something <laughs> less brutal. You know? Um, but sometimes, mm-hmm. like, I mean, they do have sports available. They have video games. They have all, like, all these types of things. But sometimes that just ain't enough for certain people. They are brutal. And they need to get it out. And there's also that whole, like, secret thing. People love that idea of being in on secret. Or knowing mm-hmm. something that the general public doesn't know. And you see this with people who like bought into like QAnon, stuff like that, right? Like these really crazy theories that are also easily disproven. <laughs> but yeah. people keep they keep like sinking their teeth into it. It's just this is addictive nature to like, I know this thing, you know, I'm I've got the inside track, I know what's really going on. Like that really pulls a lot of people in, and it does yeah. so here. And it's very, um, it's cult. It's cult behavior. Yeah. It's cult life, yeah. Because they start, like, taking some of the folks from Fight Club and creating Project Mayhem. And, apparent, and to, to do Project Mayhem, you have to subject yourself to abuse for three days, basically. You have to stand out on the porch for three days and nights and be, you know, abused until you're let in. Yeah, I wouldn't have lasted. I wouldn't have lasted. For what? Like, to get into that house? I know that too. That too. It was so it was so many things, but again, the more the the more of the exclusivity of it all. You know what I mean? So it's already one thing to be a part of the fight club, but now you're coming to his house and being part of Project Echelon. Right. Hey, stop. Bush. As soon as I had to use the bathroom, I'm out. So y'all just not gonna let me in and use the bathroom. It's better to go outside. Well, did you see the? Ba- I would not even want to sit on that toilet. Are you kidding me? Right, but that yeah, I was about to say, but I don't know how it looks on the inside. But judging by the outside, I wouldn't want to go in. It cannot look any better. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but it's it's interesting because he starts to create this hierarchy, which was what he was trying to escape from. So he does nothing but recreate this power structure, taking right. these men who feel isolated and alone uh, due to capitalism, turning their their energy towards violence, then recreating a hierarchy, and then uh, having them all subsume their own personal desires or you know, whatever, making them all wear black, making them have no names, right? Mm-hmm. Any kind of Huh? That was one that, that was one that got me. They he made them have burial money. Yeah, three hundred dollars at that. Even in nineteen ninety nine, that wasn't please. That wasn't. Um, no. <laughs> um, like sure, I'm sure. Yeah, you know, what did they do with that burial money? Who was holding that bank account? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely right. Guaranteed that <laughs> bank account started fifty dollars like every month, mm-hmm. but. You know, and because it's this issue of him like feeling like he's trapped by consumerism and capitalism. He has no individuality, all his individuality and his things, whatever. And he creates this group where they have no individuality. You know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) they're supposed to be all part of this one Project Mayhem thing. And Tyler has been in the driver's seat for so long. He's created these rules that when the narrator is the one in the driver's seat, narrator has no idea what's going on. Right. And can't even be told what's really happening. Right. Right. So it's almost like he's gaslighting himself. Like, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, when the narrator friend comes to and finds out like all the stuff that's been happening while Tyler's been running the show, uh, he's shocked and confused and doesn't understand. Like he finds all the plane tickets, physical plane tickets. Wow. And uh, he's, you know, finds out they're, they've been planning, like, f- to blow up these buildings all around the city. Like, there's a huge operation with maps and everything going on in the house. And he didn't know that was happening. All kinds of stuff. Yeah. It's like, okay. I imagine if we had just simply been able to direct it towards... Mental health. Or <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, golly, can you imagine if you would have just had some ambient <laughs> something? So and, and a therapist, ambient and therapist. Uh the one-two combo. He would have been okay. perfect. He would have been something. ideal. Yeah, his face would have been in one piece at least. Yeah. Right. Um, right. Because there's this uh, whole issue, even with um, Jared Leto's character, and this angel or angel face or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he joins, and he's like the prettiest boy, you know. And uh, people like him, whatever. Tyler starts to show uh, some favoritism toward him, and the narrator gets upset and beats him. I mean, almost kills him. It looks like breaking the third rule of Fight Club. Yeah. Right, right. Because um, he gets jealous that he himself is showing this kid favoritism. <laughs> you know, yeah. Well, he doesn't know this at the time. And nobody right, else right. does. Nobody else does. Everybody believes these are the same. This is the same person because this is for them, it's the same person. 
So they're right. seeing him doing and saying all these things that seem contradictory, right? But they also have this idea like, oh, he he knows, like he's got all the answers, you know, so he's mm-hmm. going with it or whatever. She's just crazy. And at the same time, Marla is like seeing these two people, well, not two people, it's one person, you know, but all these different mm-hmm. behaviors and just like right, right. hot and cold because the narrator doesn't like her. But Tyler's all over her, and it's just like, what? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I would be confused too. I would be confused as all get out. Uh, you know, which that's a long time ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. But I mean, just given how we were introduced to her, we knew she was off too. So yeah, she was off for sure because she's doing the same thing. And Mary was doing going to all these different support groups that don't apply to her, right. as far as we know. The thing is, we don't really know anything about her because she is created almost explicitly just to show how the narrator looks to outside people. Like, she's a Manda Pixie Dream Girl, uh, but like a dark version, right? Because she's telling all these uh jokes that are sp- they're supposed to be politically incorrect and stuff like that, or you know. She's supposed to be kind of like goth and dark or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but we don't really know anything about her. No, no, we don't. We don't. Um, kind of kind of scared to know anything about her. Because what what leads a person down that path? And then like some of the weirdest shit that she was saying, it was just like, you know what? She's just weird and kooky. She's she's different. She's not like those other girls. No, she needs about three or four couches all at once because that girl got issues. Yeah. That's hot. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's how the movie treats her, right? She's not much of a character, really. Right. She's more, she's more of a mirror. Yeah. <clears throat> but... Anyway, uh, narrator talking to Marla finally figures out that he is Tyler and has mm-hmm. been Tyler this whole time. Because she, 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 at one point, she's like, So, what name are we calling ourselves today? <laughs> you know, because he's been giving a different name every night, you know, at the, at the recovery circles mm-hmm. at least. And then there's also the whole thing with Tyler and then like him not being Tyler, right? And, mm-hmm. uh, and he's like, well, who do you think I am? Like, what is going on? Because people keep asking him if he knows Tyler Durden. Blah, blah, blah. And she's like, you're Tyler. Like, what is what? Like, mm-hmm. uh, so that's when he discovers, like, everything Tyler's been doing and setting up and, like, how everything's going to, all these buildings, most of the um, creditors' buildings are going to be exploded and that's supposed to wipe out everybody's debt somehow. I didn't understand that one. Yeah, because I'm like, yeah. well, uh, you like demolishing the building. It's not like that. Probably- it's not stored in that building. Right. <laughs> Other buildings, they probably got electronic system. So- you would need a hacker. You don't need to explode yeah. anything. Yes. You would definitely need a hacker. So, ex- yeah, exploding the building does nothing. Yeah. So okay. Project Mayhem, you know, they've been they've been escalating. So it's very 
it's so very cult gang behavior. Like, you know, they start doing those little things like pick a fight with somebody that you don't know, right? Mm -hmm. And then invite them to fight club, basically. And then it's like, oh, well, mm -hmm. destroy a piece of corporate heart. Okay, you know. And then people start getting hurt, you know. Um, yeah. But they, they still keep going, right? And um, what's the same? Paulson is the one who is killed by the police by, uh, during like their third like operation or whatever. And mm -hmm. uh, you know uh, the narrator is like, "What is going on? I can't believe he's dead. Like I love this guy." Da -da -da, you know. And Tyler is like, "We have no names. You know, whatever." And like he's like, "No, his name is Paulson. Like whatever." And so all of the other guys start saying, "His name is Paulson. His name is Paul." You know, like. Mm -hmm. Just making up these this ritual and this lore as they go along, which is right. another thing you see happen in cults and stuff like that, because they all believe that these laws and rules they've created are real, but no, but like there's no real extent to these laws and rituals. They're created mm -hmm. as they go along, and it's just like, oh yeah, that's what we should be doing. Yeah. Right, Ooh, right. You're in a cult. Right. Just like in that scene. How the guy was like, yeah, we don't have names while we're living. We have our names while we're dead. That's what that just, means. Like, no, yeah. he's, he's just that was his name, right? <laughs> when uh, when the narrator is like investigating all the stuff that Tyler has been up to, he actually passes this room where these other guys are like, his name is Paulson, mm. and it's like that's just suddenly gotten from you know his little corner of paper street to all these other little like what he says franchises of fight club out in the world which is great it's like wow <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what would happen uh right um so you know he he finds out what's going on he tries to get marla to safety uh, it doesn't work because the bus driver is part of the fight club crew so and uh, Project Mayhem, and so they kidnap her off the bus and bring her to him, and he's like having a fight with Tyler. The narrator and Tyler are fighting, and you know Tyler's basically saying he's going to take over, you know, whatever. And the narrator's like, "No, you know, <laughs> of course he doesn't want that to happen." He shoots himself in the cheek, and this uh, kills Tyler. Yeah. I don't get why shooting yourself in the cheek would kill your alter ego. Uh, I think because Tyler was a lot about talking. And it was just kind of like him, you know, the whole, the, there was the whole idea of like people just talking to talk and not really talking to listen. And Tyler was always that, but really became that, um, mm -hmm. you know, after he shows narrator's life, right? It starts after after we start doing Fight Club and start doing Project Mayhem. Yeah. But um, maybe it's something with like keeping him from talking. I don't know. That was mine. Again. Yeah. Because I was just like, you know, it it was set up to make it look like he was going to off himself. Mm -hmm. And when he just shot himself in the cheek and Tyler still died, I was mm -hmm. just like, you know, none of that makes sense to me. Yeah. Like it would have made sense if he would have killed himself, and 
then Tyler would obviously be dead too. But mm-hmm. shooting yourself in the cheek and then he just acting like after probably like a minute or so that is just like, oh, like okay. that, yeah. yeah. And like his voice, the voice that changed ain't changing no more. Like it's going back to normal. Like it was special <laughs> to say the least. It was a little special scene. Yeah, that's the movie match part. You don't pay too, don't look too closely at that part. That's what that is. And like nobody's like, okay, we should call the cops. Let's no, call because they have cops on the payroll. Let's get they have police on it. Yeah, but you would have thought, especially because he's the leader. You would have thought that somebody would have tried to say. Well, I mean, but even when he was leader, asking you know? questions, right? When he was asking questions about Project Mayhem and what they were doing, whatever, they're like, "You told us not to tell anybody, not even you." So he couldn't, right? Because he set that up, you know. Mm-hmm. He, and he was the one who put Marla on anymore. the bus, and instead of just letting Marla right. stay on the bus, they took her off. Right. So he, like Tyler, had set it up so it would run even his absence, the way that he wanted to. Yeah, but I still would have thought that somebody would have tried to get their leader some type of medical attention. Maybe after the uh, mm-hmm. buildings are blown up, after they completed their mission, you know, yeah. but not before. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but then, then you get that ending. Yeah, they know, finally get Marla up there. They they're watching all the buildings. You know collapse mm-hmm. and she does bring up a great point which is like what about all the people in those buildings <laughs> like yeah and he's like oh no they're all ours so nobody's in there anyway like, okay. yeah but also what about all the people who won't have jobs tomorrow <laughs> right i guess he felt like he's freeing them i don't know but you ain't doing nothing but making shit worse so yeah <laughs> Because it doesn't, like, again, it does not erase the debt. It would never erase the debt. You would need a hacker no. to erase the debt. Yeah. So, even in 1999, yeah. like, that would not, <laughs> you, maybe if you could get, like, some kind of lo- local companies, you know, perhaps. Maybe Fingerhut. Right. I don't know. <laughs> like, and then this is the crazy part because you got all those sheep in Project Mayhem that there's so much of a sheep of an individual or a group or a collective lack of individual. It's, it's, yeah. yeah, there's so much. There's so much of a sheep to where nobody is gonna be like, "Excuse me, um, don't you nope. think that we should do it?" Like blah 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 blah. Like nobody's gonna do that. They're not gonna question them. Mm-mm. Tyler you know, is the leader. So. He's their fearless leader. Yeah. And they'll do anything he asks. Yeah. Because you know. so. they don't, they no longer have a self. They're all Project Mayhem. Right. So they have the same problem they had in the beginning that they think Project Mayhem is helping with, but it's not. It it's not. just turning them into tools of violence for Tyler's goals. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and 
And yeah, and then we have that last scene where they're holding each other, holding each other's hand, watching all these buildings fall down. Mm-hmm. So, which was a visually, it was a really nice scene. Oh yeah, for sure. It just Absolutely. didn't make, didn't make sense at all. <laughs> I mean, like, as far as they're right, because again, like. Their view is so narrow. Mm-hmm. It's so wildly narrow. Because I was like, y'all didn't think of maybe like doing some mutual aid? <laughs> uh, you know, maybe raising money so that you can buy debt packages and erase people's debt. You know, you know, it would have been less messy. Yeah, there are other ways to come into community, still be against the capitalism and consumerism you can still do that while still helping other people because it's not like we can't escape our current capitalism while still living in this country right mm-hmm. um, but you could have gotten together i don't know put your money together fix up the house <laughs> you know if y'all want to live there y'all could still that still do that and still have like a group for men who just want to uh be in community with other men and like mm-hmm. don't want to feel isolated and are seeking for you know a, a richer life, you could still do that. You don't mm-hmm. have to beat each other up and then set off bombs. Like right. <laughs> right. There, there are easier ways to handle this situation, right. definitely. Because even with that, again again, they still didn't attack the root of the issue. Right. Right. The issue is still there. The issue is still there. You know, so yeah, they definitely will have to go back to the drawing board to figure that out. Yeah, if they don't get arrested, that too. That too. All right. So, our rating system is one movie real trash AF, two, it exists, three, entertaining, four, great, five, a true classic. So, Maria, what say you? Um, I would give this a four, I think. Four? Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of things that were very unusual in film at the time, right? Or at least it combines a lot of those things, right? Because then you have have the whole starting at the end kind of thing. You have the unreliable narrator uh, thing going on. the whole, you know, is is that person really there kind of thing? Because he also, this was 1999, just a few years earlier, or was it the same year even? You had um, uh, M. Night Shyamalan's one with uh, where I see dead people, you know. Oh, um, The Sixth Sense. The Sixth Sense, where the whole time the main character was a ghost and nobody knew, right? Yeah. Um, so you have a lot of those kind of elements coming together to make this really stand out. Um, yeah, that was also the, yeah. Also, the soundtrack uh, stood out a lot as well. Uh, so it was for the time, it was very, it was very uh, inventive and singular. Um, mm-hmm. And still, you don't get like a whole lot of movies discussing capitalism and the way it can, uh, it can isolate people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of hard to do. 
for a movie, right? Because you also have to have sponsorship, which they have. Like, even in the movie, like, the club was like, now we have sponsorship. Weren't you anti-capitalist? Yeah. So, what you know. Yeah. Um, so anti that we're for it. <laughs> so. But uh, also in the film, of course, they have their own, they have their sponsor as well, you know? <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it was in, in very impactful for a lot of people. And I think it still stands up pretty well. Um, I think there's more to, to critique about it now than would have been, of course, but that's good because that shows growth. Uh, but that's why I would give it a four. What would you give it? Um, I would give it a three. Mm-hmm. I would give it a three. Um, outside of the, you know, the flaws, it it was an entertaining movie. You know, it wasn't for me. It wasn't my favorite Brad Pitt movie. Nah, what's but, your favorite um, Brad Pitt? Movie? Wasn't the, do I have a favorite Brad Pitt movie? Um, hmm. <laughs> I don't know if I have one, but I know it wouldn't be this. I do. I do like. Um, what was that movie that he had with John Malkovich and um, George Clooney? Oh gosh, I don't know. We'll have to look that up later. Yeah, I like that one. And um, it had um, the lady that was in um, in Fargo in the movie Fargo. Oh um, gosh, I don't McDonald, Norman McDonald. But you gave it a you gave it a three. Yeah, <laughs> I can't think of that one for to save my life. But yeah, um, but not, yeah, this wouldn't this wouldn't be on my list of favorites. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean it was entertaining. It kept my it kept my attention, you know, and I do see the parallels to um, the big metaphor of it all. So. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, it's just, it was just a lot of stuff that stuck out that I couldn't get past, like how nasty that house was <laughs> and how gruesome the fights were. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the fights, the fights look, they look brutal. Yeah, yeah, they really did. It really did, and and especially and then especially how nasty the house was because it was like I know I'm supposed to get over it, but I can't, <laughs> you know. So, but yeah. Okay, yeah, so just like looking at the Wikipedia for this uh, really quickly, um, they did. They are also, they were saying that uh, you know the novel did contain homoerotic, homoerotic overtones, right? In which they did intend to keep in the movie. Um, but they do go on to talk about that line, you know, I'm wondering if another one was what I really need, was meant to suggest personal responsibility rather than homosexuality. Um, I don't think it addressed personal responsibility, but I definitely don't think they admit that, you know, in a way of, in a way of let's be men loving men, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, the movie I was thinking of is Burn After Reading. Oh, okay, Burn After Reading. I didn't yeah. see that. 
You didn't. It was really good. It was really good. That one and Ocean's Eleven. I would yes, say we'll be up there too. <gasps> I had that on DVD. I love Ocean's Eleven. Uh, I'm. We're definitely putting that on the list. Oh my <laughs> god, Ocean's Eleven, and then World War Z was a good one. I yeah, I heard it was very different from the book. I never read the book, but I did hear it was very different. Yeah. No, I haven't seen that either. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. Oh, and then, shoot. I didn't realize how many I have seen, to be honest. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was good, too. Was it? Have you seen it? No, I haven't, but I've heard a lot about it. What did, did you hear, positive or negative? I'm not a fan of Quentin Tarantino. Is it the N word? Among us things. Okay. Okay. Um, I like the idea of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood mm-hmm. because he took something to happen in real life that we wish did not happen, and he recreated it. So. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and he recreated it for <laughs> for a better outcome. Yeah. Uh yeah, so that that's why I like once upon a time in Hollywood. Um but yeah. Yeah, we're definitely we definitely gotta put Oceans Eleven on the list though. I cannot believe you have not seen Oceans Eleven. There's a lot of things I haven't seen. Yeah. That's why we're here. Yeah, true, true. But I shit, technically we were adults when Oceans Eleven came. I know, but that doesn't mean I saw it. Yeah, true, true, true. But yeah, um, yeah. So that is a Fight Club, guys. Um, now let me ask you a question: How ghetto do you want to go with this next movie? <laughs> what does that even mean? Like, be, like, how hood of a movie are you wanting to view? What is the movie? Boy. What what are the options? All right, so we can do either Hollywood Shuffle or South Central or Jacked Up. What was the last one? Jacked Up. Um, let's go South Central. South Central, okay. I feel like I've seen right. the shuffle. Okay. Or seen so oh. much of it. <laughs> right. You can probably piece it together. Yeah, the Black so. Actor is Academy for one. Uh-huh. Yep. Okay. So South Central, it's on Tubi. Cool. So yeah. That was a staple in the um little black kids elementary school that I went. <laughs> Because <laughs> we had no business watching it, but everybody saw it and we talked about it at school. So well, ours was yeah. Friday. Yeah, that one too. That was my mama took us to go see Friday. So I saw it over a friend's house. Only yeah. I could have seen that way. Yeah. <laughs> and it was worth it. It was worth it. That's still one of my favorite movies still today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Day. 
It's almost, I cannot believe it. It's almost 30 years old. Yeah. Yeah. So there. Uh, so yeah, so South Central. Um, we'll be watching South Central for the next episode. So where can we find you, Maria? You can find me online pretty much everywhere at Valar More Dollars. That's V-A-L-A-M-O-R Dollars. I'm also on a podcast with uh, other Black nerdy and geeky women called Nerdgasm Noir. You can find us, uh, you know, on anything you listen to the podcast with. And we're also on Discord and we're on Twitter. How where can they find you, Lindsay? Um, you can find me same places. Uh everywhere under L underscore Renelle. That's L underscore R-A-N-E-L-L-E. I'm also on another podcast um, with my cousin, and it's called The Ish We Talk. And we talk about um, a variety of things, mainly hot topics. So, What you talking about this week? What did we talk about this week? Um, <laughs> We talked about several things. One of the things that we talked about um oh Brittany Griner coming back. Yes. Yeah. We talked about that and we talked about the memes. And boy were they funny. So yeah. Um did you ever see that one meme where it was like it was like a bunch of studs that they did this dance Right after she got convicted, no, and they were like walking in place, and then they turned to the side and they was walking, and then they had this doppelganger Brittany Griner in the middle, and she was like in chains, and then she stood up, and then they grabbed her by the chain. Like, did you see that video? No. Oh, I'm gonna have to send it to you. So they did this video, right? And it's nothing but studs in the video. So um, the video went viral because it was just like, what is this? It's like an interpretation dance. They got mm-hmm. this like meaningful song in the background and everything. It was just weird. So <laughs> they reposted it after she came home or whatever. And somebody was like, it worked. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah. So then somebody else reposted it. And said something and called them bone studs in harmony. Oh my God. I tell you, I was on the floor. I was (laughs) on the floor. And then one of the person that was watching our live feed when we were filming called it a praise dance. And I hollered. I was like, these people are (laughs) idiots. But yeah. Apparently their their praise dance worked, so she's home. I'm glad she's home because that was some ridiculous crap right there. Yeah, yeah. So shout out to Brittany Griner. But yeah, yeah, that was one of the things we talked about yesterday. So yeah, and that's everywhere um, that you can uh, listen to podcasts and on YouTube. Well, thanks for joining us today, roomies. We hope to see you next time. When we talk about South Central, which should be the movie that I have never seen. Um, so please leave a comment, share if you care, like and subscribe. And if you have any suggestions, please let us know. We'll be happy to hear them and possibly take some on. 
Yes, sounds good. So until next time, bye, roomies. Bye.